We are in Malachim Beis, uh, Perak Tes Zion, Pasuk Aleph Bishnas Sheva Esrei Shona Lepekach. Before we begin, uh, again, a Rufua Shlema for Harav Yosef Profile, Ben Rachel. And just for those of you keeping statistics, today is the 250th Navi Shear that we have been doing here. And for this, we thank the Gavur Shul for their encouragement and support. So, yesterday we saw a succession of kings of Israel that was nothing less than a disaster. From Zechariah to Shalom to Menachem to Pekachtev to Pekach, out of these five, six kings, five were the result of assassinations. There was just one killing after another. Some of these kings lasted maybe a month. There was just an irretrievable backward sliding into our world of Zorah and chaos and destruction. You see, the Yerushalmi calls these kings that they're not really Malche Yisrael, they're Listoyos, usurpers, thieves. And so it is a total disaster. The Avodah Zarah is rampant. And if you will recall, Steve asked yesterday, what was the parallel situation in Yehuda at the time? And interestingly enough, it was the opposite for the most part. They had a good king, then Yosem became the king, the Beis Hamikdash was functioning, the Kahuna was functioning. It was in a marked contrast to the depravity of what was going on in the Ten Tribes. That was yesterday. Today is an entirely different story. Malchus Yehuda gets a king named Ahaz, who is the equivalent, if not worse, of any king of Israel or Yehuda, sets the country back decades, is totally uh, depraved, deranged, um, plunges the country into a terrible Abodah and as we're gonna see, calculatingly tries to deconstruct the entire concept of Torah and Avodah and Yiras Hashem. So with that, let us begin. Bishnash Sheva Esrei Shano LePekach Ben Ramayahu. Pekach is the last king in that series in Bnei Yisrael. Molach Achaz, Achaz Ben Yosam Melech Yehuda. The name is Achaz, he is the son of Yotam, and and the paradox here is going to be that this man, Achaz, who is arguably the worst king in either Beis Yisrael or Yehuda, is the son of Achaz, rightfully considered one of the most righteous uh, Malachim, the the Gemara. Son of Yotam. Yotam. Yeah. Yeah. He's the son of Yotam rightfully considered one of the tzaddikim. The Gemara points out that unlike David, who has a sin with Bathsheba, Shlomo, who sinned with Basmelech Paro, this man never sinned, was total humility, etc. Moreover, 
he will give birth to a son, Tzikiyahu, uh, who again restores the Malchus, even though momentarily, and is considered one of the great tzaddikim and malachim of Yehuda. So he is the son um, of Yosem and the father of Tzikiyahu. It is inexplicable. So, Ben Eskrim Shana Achaz Ben he is 20 years when he is called to the throne. He rules for 16 years. He does not do the, what is righteous in the eyes of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Like David is his father, his ancestor. And the Maparashim are unanimous in pointing out, in view of what he's going to be doing as we're going to learn, uh, that is the understatement, the colossal understatement. Not that he's unlike David. The man is in a class of his own. He pursues the most evil, vile habits of the kings of Israel, which we have outlined. The gam esbeno he'evir be'esh ketoravas ha'goyim asherharish ha'shem osam mipnei b'nei Israel. He adopts the worst avoda zara in the catalog, Sforno says, and that is passing one's son through the molech, sacrificing your own child to the molech, which is fire, passing the fire and burning him. It is stated in Kisavo. It is put there deliberately between the arayos, uh, and we read it, Mincha Yom Kippur, it is considered just barbaric and horrendous. You, in other words, you sacrificed your own child in the fire to a Canaanite pagan god. Hilly, so, I have one question, maybe not directly, on any, but it comes up periodically. It says, it, it refers to Hashem Elohav, his God. But why, why? Isn't Hashem just God? What, what, why, do, why does the Navi say... When they're talking about the kings, say it like that. Um, Probably because he should so, have been his God, but he didn't act. That could be one, but it it still is his God, as you're going to see. You're going to see certain things that happen. But he's everyone's God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but no, they, it's, it's I mean, a God common, is everyone's God. It's a common form of usage. Okay. I, I don't know if I could read anything special okay. into that. So now, what is this concept of molech? There are two shitas. The Rambam and Rashi agree on this. They say it doesn't meant to be taken literally. What you would do was pass the child through a uh, aisle, and uh, there were fire on both sides, and it was he came out alive. It wasn't a literal burning. Rambam says nonsense. It was a literal sacrifice of your child in fire where he did not emerge alive. And as Smarno says, you can understand you're going into Avodah Zorah, and so you sacrifice sacrifices on, on bimos that weren't intended to be sacrificed as such. But to sacrifice your own child, it is the height of barbarity. So how did he do this with... Uh, his own son, who was later destined to become one of the great kings, Chizkiyahu. The Gemara tells us a story, a uh, Agatha, that his mother, 
shielded him with the um, oil of a salamandria, a mythical animal that stays in an oven for seven years, and this prevented him from being burned. But you just get a measure of the depravity of this man. Moreover, um, he sacrifices on those bomos. And we have been saying chapter after chapter, as each king fails to remove the bomos, that the bomos themselves had an initially very um, sacred purpose. They were private altars. They were alternatives either to going to Yerushalayim or to doing it in a Mizbeach Sibur, but they were legitimate to a degree. Here, there's no pretense of legitimacy. He takes those same bamos and he makes them bamos of Avodah They are now converted, and they use the same phrase that they talk about the original bamos. You brought them in the hills and the mountains and under the trees. Now, what's going to happen, So now, a very strange coalition forms. Ritzin Melech Aram. Aram, we know, is the implacable foe of Israel. They are fighting for centuries. And Pekach ben Yahu, the king of Israel that we learned about yesterday, they form a coalition. Medrash tells us that there's two different battles here. Once they do it separately, they attack B'nai Israel. I'm sorry, B'nai Yehuda and inflict terrible losses on them, but do not succeed in their primary goal, which is the destruction of Yerushalayim. Um, now they have formed a coalition, they're going to attack together. It's unthinkable. The, the king of your worst enemy and the king mm-hmm. of your fellow Jews are coalescing, forming a um, group that is going to destroy Yerushalayim. This is how bad things have gone. By Yatsuru Alachaz, Baruch would not allow this. So now let's just turn, it's in a good place to introduce uh, the next Navi we will learn is Yeshayahu. But before we do that, So so um, the king of Aram recaptures Eilat. Remember, Eilat was that port city as we know it. The same and, Eilat, same place? Yes, yes, yes. And it belongs, to, it, David originally captured it, ruled it for uh, hundreds of years. Now they recapture it by Yenashel as a Yehudim They exile the Jews by Dumimba Eilat. One of the things that Sancherev and the kings of um, um, sure do is move populations. That was their specialty. So that's what they do here. They move the Jews out to exile and they move the Adumim uh, into a lot. The Yashuvushim al Hayom Hazeh, where they dwell there to this day. So now it's a desperate situation. They're losing territory, they're losing people. Appears Yeshayahu. 
And the Kaddish Baruch Hu says to Yeshayahu, Say no lekras achas. You've got to go to achas. Remember, he rules contemporaneously with achas and tell him what's going on, that this coalition is forming. And of course, he tremendous fear results. And he says, but listen, tell achas, and I quote, v'yomarcha ilav hishomer v'hashkit al tira, don't be frightened. Be silent, don't be frightened of these. He uses the session these extinguished firebrands. It's like a torch that goes out. All you've got left is smoldering ashes, is the imagery. Uh, do not be scared, they have nothing, they have no power to destroy you. Because they've done this, they will be punished. So, uh, Achaz is duly terrified, but Yeshayahu follows with the word of the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Um, Do not be uh, terrified, you will triumph. But, uh, moreover, he says, Shal l'cha osmiim Hashem as proof of Kaddish Baruch Hu's guarantee of victory. Ask of the Kaddish Baruch Hu what you will, a sign from the depths, from the heights, or Be'lamala, just ask what you want, a symbol, a sign that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to see that you will get out of this battle with Yerushalayim intact. <clears throat> what does Ahaz do? According to Yeshayahu, Vayomer Achaz, Lo Eshal, Velo Anaset Es Hashem. No, I am not asking for signs. I am not looking for tests. I will do this my way. He rejects the Kaddish Baruch Hu's offer that he, and assurance that he will triumph in this. So what does he do instead? He goes like a fawning, obsequious toading to the king of Aram. Syrian. Syrian. Sure, that's worse. He goes to Tiglas Peleser, who we, Gemara has taught us, is another name for Samcheriv, who is the ultimate destroyer of Shittay Yisrael. He goes to Melech Ashur with just the fawning, meekest begging position. In other words, he's got the assurance of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and he rejects it, instead to go crawling to his worst enemy. I am your slave. I am your son. Come and save me. Save me from that coalition that is united against me. He takes the silver, the gold, and the temple on Nimsa Beis Hashem and loots it, whatever is left. He loots his own treasury. He sends to the king of Assyria, Shochat, call it what it is, it's a bribe. He hears him, he's very pleased with this, you know, obsequious pleading by the king of 
Yehuda, and he listens to him. And so he goes to Jameses, he does what he asks, he liberates certain cities, and he puts to death Ritzin, the general of Aram. So now he has averted the total disaster by um, invoking Melech Ashur to come to his aid. So now we're going to see how he will dismantle the entire system of really chinuch in Eretz Yisrael, so that there will be no more Torah education. He will now dismantle the base Mikdash and introduce into the base Hamikdash itself the worst Avodah Zarah you can imagine. He will proceed to again do everything to deconstruct the Yerushalayim and the sanctity of Yehuda tomorrow, 8.45 a.m.